evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the January 31st, 2016 edition of Season 3 of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that period, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week right here on The Court Report. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our shows from this season and the past two seasons. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Court Report. Uh, again, today is January 31st, which means that if you haven't already done so, you are on your way back from vacation. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the rest and relaxation and are ready to, and revved up for what will be an exciting week and exciting next couple of weeks as we're ready for playoff time. Today, we'll actually be going through part three of our playoff scenario. Uh, preview that we generally do over the break. Obviously, we didn't have a chance to get to girls' sports in last week's episode because of all the insanity from uh, boys' basketball. So we're going to cover boys, uh, sorry, girls' uh, basketball this week, their playoff situations, and then we'll get back in and just sort of give you a little bit of a preview, a little bit of a recap of the preview of the boys' games for this coming week. There were two games on the week, both in basketball, so we'll go through those as well and their impact on the particular leagues. Uh, But first, a couple of administrative notes. Um, For those of you that have been tuning in to JM and the AIM and the Nachum Siegel Network, you have been made aware that next week's Kosher Halftime Spectacular, uh, live from the Teaneck Doghouse, is going to be headlined by none other than Lipa. Can't wait for this. The last few years have been amazing, and I'm sure that this is going to be amazing as well. Generally, that precedes the court report. Uh, sorry, the court, the court report will precede that. Uh, do not know whether or not we'll have a show next week. I'll get into that a little later on, which means we may have a show Tuesday night instead. Um, as you know, as we get towards the playoffs, our schedule shifts a bit. And instead of having our regular show on Sunday night and the encore on Tuesday night, we will have the regular show on Tuesday nights and the encore on Sunday night. Last year, we had a show that aired live during uh, uh, during the during the the uh, the, the big game, and then had 
it cut in by the uh, by the halftime spectacular, which we managed to actually get done last year. And then we ended up having a show again. We played the show again after the uh, the football game ended, and we had the encore on Tuesday night next week. Don't know if that's what we're going to do. Discuss it with Nachum, but there's going to be a lot over the next week that happens. I'm going to try to just give you again just the nuts and bolts of it over the next few minutes, over the next hour. Um, so a lot to really get to today. We have playoff discussions for two of the three girls leagues. The third, we just give you a little bit of a preview of what the next few weeks are going to look like because they have a little more time on their hands. And then we're going to go back to the boys' sports and just give you, like I said, a little bit of a snapshot as to what to look to this week. If you want any further detail as to their playoff scenarios, you can go back to the last two weeks of shows in the archive and take a look at those and uh, listen to more in-depth coverage. So we're going to kick off the last episode of the winter break with the uh, last, certainly not least, playoff preview for the girls' leagues. The three girls' leagues, only two are really anywhere close to the playoffs, but we can definitely give you a little rundown as to what the third looks like. That's definitely true. Uh, We have girls' varsity A. We have girls' JV, both of which are extremely close to their uh, to their playoffs, and then girls B, which got a late start because they were figuring out which teams were going to be in the league, and then how to set up the league in terms of games. So they got about a uh, month later start than the rest of the leagues, but they'll finish almost around the same time. Uh, with less teams, the way their playoffs are structured, they're going to finish literally around the same time uh, in terms of the playoffs and the championship game. So let's start off with girls. Varsity A. Uh, games from the last two weeks took quite a turn, so we'll just give you the rundown of the games that did happen, and then we'll go through the standings, how each team looks in the playoffs, and the games for this coming week that will affect the way things have uh, been going until now. So, taking a rundown from the week leading up to the break on the 7th, uh, Central defeated Heschel 38-26. to That following Sunday, things got really interesting for the girls' varsity A West, and we'll show you why in a second. Brabruria defeating Maya Note 69-35, setting yet another one of the top five scores on the season for Brewerya, the uh, second time they did it against Maya Note. Uh, also that day, SAR got past Hillel 44-40. So you'll see uh, why those two games make such a huge difference to Girls Varsity West in just a moment. Uh, following Monday, Kushner uh, getting their second win of the season, defeating Westchester 42-38, to keeping Westchester without a win heading into their last game. And Ramaz defeated Heschel as well. So let's take a look at the standings for the uh, for the division uh, for the divisions the, in the East for uh, for girls varsity A. Flatbush and Hafter tied at ten and one. We'll get into that in a second as to uh, as to how this is going to go down. Following behind them, Ramaz at seven and four already clinched a playoff spot as well as the top two. Then you have North Shore at five and seven, Central at four and six, Hank at three and eight and Heschel finishing out their season at 0 and 12. Moving on to the west, Frisch at 10 and 1, Bruria 10 and 2, 
SAR 9-2. and two. So you see what those wins for Brewery and SAR did, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss it a little more when we get to the playoff scenarios. Hillal rounding out the playoff pack for the West at 6-6. Six and six. Maya Note, Kushner and Westchester uh, rounding out the division, all three eliminated. Maya Note at 3-8, and eight, Kushner at 2-10, and 10, Westchester at 0-11. Let's just go through the matchups for the week, and then we'll come back around to telling you exactly what is going to happen. Tuesday night, we'll see Central and Half to do battle. Wednesday, we'll have Ramaz and Central, so Central doing a back-to-back. Thursday, we'll have Hank and Flatbush. That is for the East. For the West, game on Tuesday and Thursday, the big game on the week, Frisch and SAR. Frisch and SAR doing battle to see who will have a shot at the top of the division. Thursday, we'll have Westchester and Maya Note battle between two teams who are eliminated, just playing out the string. So let's just give you a little insight as to how these playoffs work. Uh, Unlike the ones that we've gone through in the past, uh, namely the boys and uh, the boys uh, varsity and JV basketball and hockey, this one is a lot more simple. Here, top four teams in each conference make the playoffs, and they are seeded one through four, and they do Olympic style. What Olympic style means is you have the number one team from one division facing the number four team from the other. You have uh, you have the number two from one division facing number three from the other, and the other way around. Such that the way it'll look, there are the way the two brackets look, it'll be the east one and the west four, and the west two and the east three in one bracket, and the other one will be the west one and the east four, facing the winner of the east two and the west three. So let's take a look at the individual divisions now. Right now, Flatbush and Hafter uh, at the top of the East at 10 and 1, each taking wins off of the other. So it's going to come down to uh, to their games this week to see whether or not the tie will be broken. Again, Hafter faces Central on Tuesday. Flatbush faces Hank on Thursday. Um, Hank, a team that is uh, out of the running right now, may not pose as much of a problem to Flatbush as Central might to Hafter. As Central is uh, essentially hanging on for their playoff lives. We'll get to that in just a second. But it's crucial to know that Hafter, that Hafter is going to have a, uh, a challenge because Central actually is fighting for it. So right now, Flatbush... And at the very least, has the, the mentality advantage, although Hank also could give them a, a run, only because they may have the mentality, hey, we've got nothing left, this is the last game of the season, may as well play spoiler. So you never really know. But let's say both teams end up winning and are at 11-1, and or at where they both lose and both are at 10-2, and because if one wins and the other loses, it's pretty much academic. That te- The team that wins will uh, will have the one seed. The team that loses will have the two seed. But let's say it remains tied. At that point, it will go all the way down, because every single uh, tiebreak is even, because they've each won all their games with the exception of facing each other. So, the top seed will be decided by a coin flip. I know it's not, uh, not the... Uh, not the most fun way to get it done, but 
definitely a way that uh, that'll tell you either you get the job done yourself in you know in the regular season or you're pretty much down to lady luck we then come down to the only sure lock of the east and that is defending champion ramaz in the three slot they will be traveling they don't know yet to who and we'll get to that in just a second as to uh, as to what that means for them ramaz gets the chance to play spoiler this week on central even if central beats hafter um, they, uh, well, sorry, if Central loses to Hafter, uh, actually, let's take a look at that right now, because it doesn't really matter so much for Ramaz. Let's take a look at the battle between North Shore and Central. Right now, North Shore is at 5 and 7, Central is at 4 and 6. Now, interestingly enough, the two split the regular season. So right now, this is the way it looks. North Shore season is finished at 5-7. and seven. Central at 4-6 and six has two games left. They have Hafter on Tuesday and Ramaz on Wednesday. Not very easy feats, considering the fact that both Ramaz and Hafter are above them and in, uh, and in good playoff position. Although, I mean, for, for Ramaz, it doesn't really matter, so Central may be able to take a game off them, but here's how it really looks. Central needs one to tie, two to make it automatically. Now, what happens if, it? let's say they only win one game. So, they're tied head-to-head, but Central's win over the, in one of their last two games will give it one win versus a playoff team, while North Shore would have been 0-6. So in truth, all Central really needs to do is take advantage of one of those games. Um, maybe maybe it's Hafter uh, looking at Central lightly, even though Hafter is you know, pushing towards a division title. Or maybe it's Ramaz, who really has nothing left to play for. They're pretty much locked in whatever seed they're going to get, the three seed. And all Central really needs is one win, because Ramaz is that playoff team that they need to break the tie. Again, if they, you know, if they, it's not as if... It's not as if Central can make the playoffs without beating a playoff team. So if they go 0-2, it doesn't really matter, and North Shore will be the fourth seed. Uh, moving out to the West right now, such a big mess. It could either be really, really clean or really, really, really dirty. Right now, you have three teams at the top. You have Frisch Brewery and SAR. Frisch at 10 and 1. Brewery at 10 and 2. Their season's finished. SAR at 9 and 2. This is mirrored, an identical mirror to what happened last year. You have Frisch Brewery and SAR, all three teams that could potentially have two losses all against the other. if And it comes down to Frisch SAR on Tuesday night. Uh, ironically, the last game, of the, the last real game of the season, it, it's going to be the deciding factor. It could be, let, let's go with the clean. The clean is very simple. Frisch wins. Frisch goes 11-1. and Brewery at 10-2. and SAR at 9-3. and And they finish 1-2-3 in that order. And we have no problems. That's what ended up happening last year. But the other way, let's say SAR manages to pull off the win. Then you'll have all three teams tied at 10-2. and and because everyone will have split against the other, you know, it, it'll, be the, it'll be those three teams each being one and one against the other, it's going to go all the way down to coin flips. Now, I don't quite know how that works with three teams. Maybe it's, maybe they do, you know, coin flips, uh, three coin flips, uh, you know, each against the other, and whoever comes out uh, with more 
coin flips wins. But let's say they all go one and one coin flips. It, it's really funny. I don't quite know how it works out, but some way, shape, or form, it'll have to come down to some sort of tiebreaker, most likely coin flips, and then you have uh, then you have one team like Frisch who could be in a position to win the division outright. Who then has to be the three seed and go on the road? So this is this is a really interesting, uh, a really interesting scenario. The team that's you know really, uh, really in peril here, or re- not really in peril, but the team that that really uh, that that that's really torn right now has got to be Bruria because they're sitting in the middle at ten and two. They could either be happy to be 10-2 and and in the second seed, where they're guaranteed to play a home game. You know, if Frisch, you know, I mean, they're guaranteed that home game if Frisch wins. But let's say Frisch loses. Yeah, they then have a shot at the division crown. They have a shot at the one spot, but they just have as much of an equal shot at being the three and going on the road. So right now, SAR has the most to gain. Frisch has the most to lose. Bruria is just like sitting in the middle there, not really sure, you know, really who they should be going for. Uh, again, do you sit pretty and just say, hey, we're glad to get the two spot? Or do you say, hey, let's risk it and, uh, you know, let's see what happens. Hope we can risk it and then maybe fall down to the three. I don't know. It, I guess it depends on uh, whether or not you're you're in the mood for uh, for a challenge or for, for a gamble before the playoffs. Again, not up to brewery, though. It all comes down to the, the Frisch SAR matchup this coming Tuesday night. The one team in the West that knows what they're doing is Hillel. Hillel at six and six is going to be the fourth seed. There is no doubt about that. And they will go on the road. So here's the way the playoff brackets look. One playoff bracket is mostly it's mostly clear. I mean, you, where two of the four teams are set, the other one, none of the teams are set. So let's start off in the E1 bracket, where you have E1 and West 4 and West 2 against East 3. The West 4 and the East 3 are set. Hillel will be on the road against either Flatbush or Hafter, whoever wins the division. The East 3 team, Ramaz, will be on the road against the second West team, which could be Frisch, Bruria, or SAR. The other division, sorry, the other bracket is up in the air. West 1, whoever wins the West out of Frisch, Bruria, or SAR, will host whoever wins the uh, North Shore Central battle at the bottom of the division. And the East two, whoever loses the the matchup, uh, sorry, not the matchup, but the tiebreaker between Flappers and Hafter, if it's a tiebreaker at all, but right now it sits tied, will host whoever is the tough, uh, the tough hard luck loser out of the Frisch Bruria SAR battle. A Frisch again, just to give you a little of insight, Frisch defeating SAR by a very slim margin a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when these two teams faced. I'm just trying to take a look here to see what the score of that game was, so I can just uh, get that to you. That game was 47-44, very close three-point game for Frisch, who haven't really had very many close games to this point. The only other close, really close game that they played happened to be against, surprise, surprise, Bruria, which was also a three-point win. So it really shows you just how tight those three teams are. I guess the the fact that the teams have gone all the way down to the wire for the for two years straight 
exactly like this really should give you that reference point anyways. Okay, so again, five games this coming week. My uh, my money for the games you should watch, probably Ramaz and Central, because that'll be the, uh, the the one where where Central is either in already or they're really going to fight for it, and it'll be uh, down to whether or not Ramaz decides that this is a game that they're really interested in playing before uh, the end of the season, because they're pretty much stuck where they are. And the Tuesday night game for the West, which is SAR Frisch, that's going to be a barn burner. That might actually end up being one of the best games of the year in Frisch. So if you get a chance to go to uh, to go to a game this week in girls basketball, uh, take, make your way out to that one. That'll probably be a good one. Moving over to one of the, a division's a little less complicated. We're moving on to girls' JV now. This is just a little bit easier. Three games on the week coming into the break. Hafter dominating Bruria 52 to 22 um, to give to uh, essentially uh, put them in the driver's seat for the second seed, which we'll get to in a second. Bruria then taking it uh, from Maya Note. Uh, losing 38-18 to to keep Maya Note uh, onwards and upwards and finishing their season at 7-3, and and Hafter defeating Ramaz 35-26. to Two key wins for Hafter, and we'll get to that. Uh, let's take a look at the standings now, actually. So, in the Eastern Conference at the top, uh, North Shore at 8-2, Hafter at 7-3, and Flatbush at six and three, Ramaz at four and five, Central rounding out the division eliminated at one and eight. Over in the West, Frisch at eight and one, Mayanot at seven and three, SAR at four and five, and Bruria and Kushner both with one win. Bruria at one and eight, Kushner at one and nine, and that's going to be really key. We'll get to that. Here's the here's the interesting part. There are three games left. The three games will involve. Five of the teams that are in playoff hunts. So you're going to have Wednesday. Uh, we'll start off with Tuesday night at West. Frisch and Bruria. That's an interesting game for other reasons than the Frisch SAR game that we talked about in Varsity. We'll get to that when we in a minute when we get to the playoff scenarios. But over in the East, two games. Ramaz and Central and SAR and Flatbush. SAR, again, in the West, but... Uh, but uh, this game is more important for for Flatbush than uh, than it will be really for SAR because SAR at four and five is pretty much stuck in their spot. We'll get to that uh, in a minute. Again, same playoff scenarios, uh, same playoff bracket as varsity. You're going to have the East one and the West four with the winner facing West two and East three. And in the other half, uh, West one and East four with the winner facing E2, East two and West three Olympic style, uh, just like uh, you've seen in the past. So let's take a look at the individual conferences now. North Shore at eight and two is pretty much wrapped up. They've wrapped up the top spot. They clinched uh, they clinched it a couple of weeks ago, going eight and two. They can't be caught by anyone. But we now have a race for the second seed. Hafter right now is at seven and three. Right now they're depending on Flatbush. A Flatbush win over SAR on Wednesday night, they'll be tied. Flatbush, however, has the season series. So 
in the event that Flatbush does beat SAR, Flatbush will end up getting the second seed, which is which is not really what Hafter wants because it'll send Hafter on the road after almost assuredly having the second seed locked up. SAR at four and five, again having nowhere to go either upwards and downwards, can either present that. You know, we have we don't have much to really play for this game, or the let's view this as a real game to get into before the uh, before the playoffs begin. Because the truth is, they lose to Flatbush, they're heading back to they're they're heading to Flatbush. So SAR right now can either show Flatbush that they're willing to put up a fight and either come away with a victory or a really hard fought loss and really really put Flatbush on their heels if they have to go play Flatbush in Flatbush, or they can just decide not to show up and end up having to go, you know, and end up having to to go in with no momentum. They could also help Hafter out here. Hafter's praying that SAR will help him out. So let's uh, let's wait and see till Wednesday night to see what SAR team actually shows up. Again, no reason to believe that they're going to lay it, that they're going to lay it down, and that, or that they're going to, you know, they're gonna, not going to take the game seriously. They've done it all season. They've uh, they've fought hard. So right now, I'm assuming that they'll go in there, give Flatbush a really really hard fought battle, and either come away with the big victory, or they'll give Flatbush something to be scared of come playoff time. Going down the line again, Ramaz pretty much guaranteed that. Uh, that fourth seed in the in the East at four and five, highest they can go is five. So they can't catch Flatbush, they can't catch Hafter. That game against Central on Wednesday night pretty much meaningless. Central at one and eight has been eliminated already. They can't move up, they can't move down. Their season will end on Wednesday night. The only team in the East to have their season over. Moving over to the West, um, Frisch. Uh, Frisch at the top spot. Frisch has clinched the number one spot at 8-1. Their last game of the season against Bruria is more important for Bruria. We'll get to that in a second. Maya Note has clinched the second seed at 7-3. and three. They can't move up. They can't move down because they're finished. SAR, again, having one game remaining. They're 4-5, and five, so they are in the three spot. The real interesting story here is Bruria and Kushner. Right now, Bruria is at 1-8. Kushner is at 1-9. Bruria is the only one with a game. If Bruria defeats Frisch, they're automatically the fourth seed. But, in the event that Frisch uh, decides to uh, decides to take it to Bruria, and Bruria loses his game, they will be t- they will be at one and nine and tied with Kushner at one and nine. This will create a really interesting scenario, and it's in a league or a division where four out of five teams make it, because you will have two teams with one win tied for the fourth playoff spot. Now, what happens here? Bruria beat Kushner. Kushner beat Bruria. That classic story of the two teams splitting. It's gonna go all the way down, and what we're going to have is a play-in game. Essentially, you're going to see a play-in game for the right to go into the playoffs between two one-win teams. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I don't know if uh, if there's ever been a scenario like that. I, I 
I can't I can't say it. I I have never seen it. I've never known a one-win team to be in contention to make the playoffs in any league. So this is baffling. But I guess that you know they say that's why you got to get the job done and, and and you know but some sometimes it, you know luck just ro- uh, rolls your way. Now looking at the two games that these two played, um first game of the year, Kushner beat Bruria by 20, 39 to 19. And then in Kushner, and this in Kushner, they lost to Bruria 44 to 40. So really two two real contrasting games. One at the beginning of the season back in October, and the other just a few weeks ago at the end of December. So uh, the question is, which which teams do you really look to? But and when would this game be played? Like this game would probably have to be played sometime over the next week so that they can get their playoff started. But that would be really really interesting. Again, never seen it before. This may be a first in league history. Um, definitely, uh, not definitely for a playing game, but for a playing game between two one-win teams, where one team with one win, although technically at that point it'll be two wins, one team with two wins will make the playoffs and will end up going into North Shore, and that should make for a very, very interesting game. Taking a look at the at the brackets, a little more clear-cut than your varsity brackets. Um, East 1 North Shore is going to host West uh, the West 4 winner, either Bruneria or Kushner. Um, then the winner of that game will face the winner of the East 3, Hafter Flatbush, whoever is the loser of that Hafter Flatbush ordeal, going into Maya Note. So... East one is going to be North Shore, West four will be Brewery or Kushner, whichever one of those two, uh, whichever one of those two comes out of that matchup alive, and the West two Maya Note hosting East three, the loser of the Hafter Flatbush uh, uh, drama happening in the East, and then in the lower bracket, the only matchup that's set, Ramaz will travel to Frisch in their first round game with the winner to face the winner of. Uh, Whoever comes out of the Hafter Flappish ordeal and hosts against West 3 SAR. Like I said, SAR loses to Flappish, they're going to Flappish. The game in S- if, if SAR loses to Flappish in SAR, they're going to Flappish in Flatbush probably sometime over the next week. So that could be really interesting. You could easily have a uh, scenario where you have where you have uh, Maya Note uh, Hafter traveling to Maya Note, or you can have SAR traveling to Hafter. That uh, that will all depend on really one game, and that's the SAR Flatbush game this coming week. So that is the wrap up for the girls JV. The reason why I did not go straight to girls varsity B is because girls varsity B is an interesting situation. Like I said earlier, they started a little later, so they're a little uh, further behind in their schedule. But that doesn't mean that there is any less action going on. Sunday before the break, the two two of the top uh, three teams in the league, SKA and Bruria, went down to the wire in a nail-biter. SKA coming out with the win on the road in Bruria, 24-23, to keep themselves undefeated. Right now, SKA is 9-0. and uh, Behind them is Shalhevet at 7-2. and Bruria at 6-3. and Then behind them all the way, just a game under 500, is Ilan at 4-5 and after they picked up a win over Shalamis before the break. Forgot to mention that. Mag and David at 1-8. and 
enchilamus at 0 and 9. So the way uh, the way it's going to look, I'll just give you the the rundown for the next few weeks. Here are the remaining games in this league. This coming Thursday, we'll see two games: Shalhevet and Ilan, Bruria and SKA, the rematch of that game from the Sunday before the break. Uh, big game, the game that's really going to uh, decide a lot will be the Elon Mag and David game on Monday the 8th next Monday uh, we'll get a little more in depth uh, uh, next week just before that but that game will uh, has the potential to decide who uh, who will move on to the postseason um, Elon right now is teetering on that point of clinching a playoff berth it'll either be an Elon win or a Mag and David loss that'll get them there Anything else, Megan David stays in the race. Megan David, though, having a very tough schedule ahead, uh, as you'll see in just a second. Tuesday, that coming Tuesday, the 9th, Shalamus will host Bruria, and that Thursday, undefeated SKA will host Megan David. So, Megan David needing to run the table, going to be a very tough task because they have SKA. Behind them, uh, on the 18th, they have Shalamus. Uh, in between then, uh, on the 16th, Shalamis and Shalhevet do battle, and Ilan will face Buria. So Ilan will have uh, another game after Mag and, uh, will have another game uh, after Mag and David to to take their uh, to take their shot at the crown. Mag and David and Shalamis will do battle on the 18th, as I said, and also on the 18th will be SKA at Sh- uh, sorry hosting Shalhevet. So. A lot of interesting matchups over the next coming weeks. Uh, here's how it will affect the playoffs. Uh, this is a lot easier. This is probably going to be the easiest playoff bracket that you will have in any league. Top four teams out of six make it. Very easy. One versus four, two versus three. Winners meeting up in the championship. Right now, here's how it looks. Each team plays 12 games. So the truth is, no no playoff seed is really locked up. What you have now is you have SKA at 9 and 0, Shall have it at 7 and 2, Brewery at 6 and 3. Um, with 12 games remaining on the season, technically all three of those teams could still take first place. SKA uh, needs two wins to put it away. Uh, either that or a Shall have it, uh, Shall have it, two Shall have it losses because SKA and Shall have it still have one game remaining against each other, the last game of the season. So you can invariably see that game meaning a lot. SKA loses a game in the middle there, maybe Bruya upsets them, and that Shalhevet game at the end of the year takes on way new meaning. Uh, Shalhevet having uh, teams below 500 uh, between them and SKA, SKA falters, Shalhevet could take advantage of it, and at the end of the year, who knows, maybe make a run. SKA beating Shalhevet in the first game that those two played, but just as easy can see, just as easily can see SKA, Shalhevet, and Bruria in the one or the one, two or three spots. Although, if uh, everything uh, goes according to form, SKA facing Mag and David, and uh, yeah, I mean that goes as a win. That that automatically puts Bruria out of it. Um, and it'll come down to the matchups. It's a little too early to really give a good playoff outlook. Although the one thing you can say is that uh, Elon, Mag, and David 
right now fighting for the fourth spot. If Bruria happens to falter and Elon picks up steam at the end, Elon can still catch Bruria for the fourth spot. And uh, how nice if if the game against if the Bruria SKA game that happened on Sunday happens again uh, this coming uh, week on uh, on uh, when is it on uh, sorry on Thursday. You know, how how nice would that be to see that as a first-round game? I don't think it's going to happen. I think Bruria Shalamis, if, if Shalamis can't break that winless streak, uh, will put Bruria over the hump for that, uh, for that uh, spot. And if not, they'll get their chance against Elon themselves uh, the coming Tuesday, the 16th, a couple of, uh, weeks down the road. So, again, a lot still up for grabs in the var- in the Varsity B division. The only thing that you can say is, uh, Shalamis is out of it right now at 0-9, only the possibility of three wins. They are pretty much done. So, five teams still in the race for, uh, sorry, for five teams out of six still in the race for four spots. And uh, we'll keep updating you on Girls Varsity B as the next few weeks go on. Probably have a little more of an inkling as to how that division is going to look. I'm going to say probably on the other side of not next week. But really, the week after will give us a little better clue. We'll have we'll have a little more of a clue because of the big matchups coming up this week, because of the SKA Brewery game coming up on Thursday, um, and uh, maybe because of uh, well, not so much Elon Mag and David is next week. Only again two games this week. Elon shall have it on Thursday, and SKA Brewery on Thursday. So yeah. Give it two weeks. We'll have a little more of an idea as to how this division is going to turn out. That that pretty much wraps up our coverage of of the girls' playoff scenarios. Once again, you are listening to the Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. This week, we are taking you through, uh, we just took you through the girls' playoff scenarios, girls' basketball playoff scenarios. Now we're going to jump back into boys. We're going to stick with basketball. Head over to Varsity Basketball. Varsity and JV Basketball were the only two leagues to actually have games this past week. And uh, the games that were played actually did quite a bit. Especially in varsity, the game that was played actually did quite a bit to uh, answer some of our questions for uh, for the uh, for the issues that we had last week. Um, obviously, if you listened last week, you remember that the Eastern Conference in varsity basketball was a mess. The West could have been helped out with the results of a couple of games, and we got one of those games this past Thursday night when SAR took on Heschel. Don't have much in terms of news about the game. Other than the uh, the Sting Report tweets, which showed a very interesting story of a one-point game after the first with Heschel up 7-6, and then SIR only scoring two points over the next two quarters, Heschel taking a 30-8 lead after the third quarter of play. Um, seems as if SIR eventually picked up a bit of the scoring because the final score was 38-22 to Heschel. Uh, but Heschel, the, the top team in the Western Conference, staking their claim, uh, pushing themselves out to 13-0, and um, really taking it to SAR and really showing quite a bit of dominance in the process. So Heschel now at 13-0. SAR falls to 6-7. and Now, how does this affect the playoffs? 
playoffs. Um, let's just remind you a bit about the Western playoff about the uh, the West are the Western standings at this point. We'll get back into the East later, but uh, we'll stick with the West right now. Heschel is thirteen and zero. Frisch is nine and three. JEC and Hill are tied at eight and five. SAR is at six and seven. TABC at five and seven. Uh, the rest of the teams: MTA four and nine, Ramaz three and ten, Kushner two and eleven. Not really so much a factor as our six teams have been determined. What this does is it doesn't do much for Heschel except keep them uh, going uh, to an undefeated season. But for the race in the middle, as of last week, an SAR win would have given them a chance to make a run at the fourth seed and hosting a playoff game because had they won, they would have been 7-6, and six, one game behind JEC and Hillel, and whoever lost that game, depending on who lost that game, SAR might have been able to jump into the into the fourth spot with uh, with a win over TABC this week. However, now that SAR takes the loss there at six and seven, it means that JEC and Hillel are automatically both going to be the three and four seeds. Whichever one wins their game next Saturday night will be the three seed. Whoever loses that game will be the four seed, and they will both go on to host first round games against either SAR or TABC. How will that be determined? Well, that'll be determined by who wins Tuesday night's game between these two teams. Now, why is that? As it is now, SAR is 6-7, and seven, TABC is 5-7. and seven. If SAR wins, obviously it's a moot point. They'll be 7-7, seven and seven, TABC will have 8 losses. So it'll fall in line. SAR will have, uh, will have 2 games on TABC, and TABC wouldn't be able to catch up. But TABC... If TABC wins, again, they will be 6-7. and seven. SAR will be 6-8. and eight. Uh, TABC, having picked up that win, would tie the season series. If they, uh, that being the case, it would go down to record versus playoff teams. So, that being the case, SAR would only be, it doesn't matter what would happen in, uh, in, DRS, in uh, TABC's game against DRS, TABC would have three wins over playoff teams, while SAR would only have two. The records, uh, they would have played the same amount of teams in the playoffs, giving TABC the advantage. So a TABC win will give them the fifth seed, whereas an SAR win will give them the fifth seed. And uh, as of now, they won't, they actually, by that point, I'm sorry, no, as of now, they won't know who that who their opponent would be no matter what happens because that game will happen Tuesday night while the JEC Hillel game happens on Saturday night. So the West, for the most part, is set. The top two teams getting buys, Heschel and Frisch. Heschel the one, Frisch the two. The two teams that will be hosting first-round playoff games, JEC and Hillel, in some order, whoever wins next Saturday night, and... SAR and TABC will be traveling in their first-round games, and that'll be determined by who wins this Tuesday night. The two other games on the coming week don't really mean much. Uh, Well, I mean, they don't really mean much for the standings, but for the teams involved, they're extremely important games. Obviously, Wednesday night, Frisch and Kushner. Frisch wants to to use that that, that platform uh, for uh, to jump into Thursday night's game with momentum because Thursday night's game is going to be extremely important for entering the playoffs with a huge head of steam for either Heschel or Frisch. The last time these two teams faced, the game went to overtime. And to finish off the season uh, with a win over the top team in the division and to break that undefeated streak could mean a lot to Frisch. Whereas with Heschel, beat Frisch, go undefeated, 
really could cement herself as a legitimate contender to the crown for DRS over in the East. Speaking of which, moving back over to the East, there was no action in the East this week, so let's just sort of recap the standings um, and a little bit of what's going on this week. I'm not going to take you through the entirety of that playoff uh, scenario because that was the exact reason why we couldn't do girls last week because there was just so much. But I'm just going to sort of summarize a few. Currently, DRS is 12-0, number one. They've clinched the top spot. Hafter is at 9-3. Rombaum's at 8-5. Flatbush is at 7-4. YDE at 7-6. Hank at 6-6. Mag and David at 3-8. North Shore at 1-11. Shari at 0-11. DRS, Hafter, Rombaum, Flatbush, YDE have all all clinched playoff berths. Hank is... Currently occupying the sixth spot, Magan David is on the brink of elimination, and that'll come down to tomorrow night's game with Hafter. Magan David needs to win out to uh, to have a shot at the playoffs and hope that Hank uh, loses out, which would stand to reason uh, that they would end up tied. But Magan David's uh, Magan David would have beaten Hank in their only game that they played, which would knock Hank out. But Mag and David's got to get past Hafter first, and Hafter itself is fighting for for seeding because it's going to be in a dogfight with Flatbush and potentially Rombaum for the second seed. As we said, DRS is the only one locked into it. Hafter can finish anywhere from two through four, depending on the tiebreakers, depending on how many games they win. They have two games remaining. They have Mag and David, and they have DRS. Um, if they can somehow, uh, if they can somehow take. Uh, DRS, as well as Mag and David, then Hafter will be guaranteed the two spot. Otherwise, they run the risk of falling into a tie with Flatbush, should Flatbush win out in its games this week, and Flatbush itself could gain the two. And depending on how many games Hafter wins, depending on how many games Flatbush wins, Rombaum could uh, could try to take a stab. Uh, I don't think they can get the two. I, uh, I mean, they potentially... No, I actually think that Rombaum, I, I don't believe based on the even the tiebreakers, because even if they end up at best tied with Flatbush and Hafter, Hafter, as I said last week, still takes the, uh, the tie uh, among all of them. So I will amend that, what, something I said from last week. Rombaum, I believe, is locked into, the, into a first-round home game, either the three or the four. Flatbush um, can find itself in a variety of different situations. We'll get to that. Uh, YDE at seven and six could finish anywhere from uh, 4th through 6th, so it could either host a first-round game or it could be on the road in the first-round game. Hank will either be on the road in a first-round game or it will be out of the playoffs, and Mag and David can only take the 6th spot. Um, Now, Flatbush, again, like I said last week, the interesting one. It could either win a first-round bye or it could find itself on the road in the first round. It could finish anywhere from 2 through 6, and the... The likelihood with the schedule that they have and the schedule Hafter has is that Flatbush could potentially make that run for the second seed. Uh, it is a very likely scenario that the two teams in the JV Championship uh, two years ago could be the top two teams in the Eastern Conference, DRS and Flatbush. Taking a look at the games on the week for the East, there are ten of them. I mean, there are th- there are three that involve games uh, teams from the from the West, uh, obviously, but 
for the most part, those games won't really matter much to the teams from the West. Uh, TABC, Ramaz, and MTA, uh, all three of whom will have games. Uh, TA, the, ga- the game against DRS for TABC won't matter. Uh, it'll really be the game against SAR that matters for them. Ramaz and MTA are both uh, pretty much done in terms of the playoffs. So just to recap the schedule, um, tomorrow night we'll have Hafter traveling to Mag and David. Mag and David will take a quick turnaround for Wednesday night and face Flatbush. YDE and Shari Tower will also face Wednesday night. Thursday night we'll have three games, TABC uh, traveling to DRS, Mag and David to Hank, and Flatbush to Ramaz. And then Saturday night we'll have four very, very key games because uh, it'll have almost every team potentially in the playoffs in uh, in competition. DRS and Hafter will face off, both ending their season. Shari Tora and Hank will square off, with Hank getting one final chance if they need it to clinch a playoff berth. Rambam and MTA will do battle. Rambam uh, looking to push itself up at the very least into the third spot to clinch that, that spot. And Flatbush and North Shore, with Flatbush potentially making that run to get the second seed, depending what happens in DRS and Hafter. Moving over to JV basketball, the only other league to have a game played. The game really didn't matter much in the standings. It was, I guess, a little bit of a better game, depending on how you look at the score. SAR defeating Heschel 74-43. to uh, The win puts SAR up to 8-1. and one. And while they already had the second seed in the West clinched, that this pretty much just puts them ahead of it, JEC and TABC, and makes it cleaner on the standings board. Heschel, already eliminated, finishes their season off at 3-7. and seven. Start off in the West just because it is the neatest one. Uh, this week, they'll have two more games. It'll be Frisch hosting Kushner and SAR hosting MTA. Uh, that SAR-MTA game is the most important one remaining. It is the only one that will decide a playoff scenario for the JV West. Again, Frisch is 9-0. and SAR is 8-1. and JEC at 7-3, and along with TABC. Ramaz at 6-4. and MTA at 5-4. and Maor at 5-5. and Again, Frisch has clinched the 1. SAR the 2. JEC the 3. And TABC the 4. If MTA wins over SAR, MTA will get the 5, Ramaz will get the 6. If MTA loses, Ramaz will get the 5, and Maor, at 5 and 5, tied with MTA, having beaten MTA, will jump over them into the 6th spot and will earn a playoff berth and a trip to JEC. Over in the East, 5 games on the coming week. Uh, Rambam will host DRS in a game that's more meaningful for DRS, looking to cap off the undefeated season. Hafter will host Mag and David in a game that will determine the second and possibly third and fourth seed, uh, as I'll explain in a minute. YDE and Ezra in a game that's meaningless to both sides. Hank and Shari Toro will square off. Uh, Hank looking to potentially jump into uh, the third seed, depending on what happens in Hafter, Mag, and David. And Flatbush, North Shore. Flatbush also looking to jump into potentially a hosting uh, position for a first-round game. Uh, again, the, the standings for the East. Um, DRS at 9-0. and Hafter at 8-1. and Mag and David at 7-2. and Hank at 6-3. and Derek Hatora finishes at 6-4. and Flatbush at 5-4. and YDE and North Shore are tied at 3-6. and Rambam at 2 and 7, Ezra at 1 and 8, Shari Torah at 0 oh and 9. Again, DRS clinched the top spot. 
Hafter, Megan David, Hank, Derek Hattora, and Flatbush have all clinched playoff berths. Um, Hafter can either get the two with a win over Megan David or the three with a loss. Megan David can win the two. If they win, they get the two. If they, lo- if they lose and Hank loses, they'll get the three. If they lose and Hank wins, they'll get the four because Hank will get the three. A couple of other playoff scenarios, uh, if you really want to find out what they are, you can go back to last week's show and listen into them. Uh, it all involves Hank and Flatbush, and but it will affect what happens with Hank Flatbush and Derek Hattora. Moving over to hockey to finish off our week. Not very many games left, um, so just taking a quick run through varsity hockey, there are... Uh, probably about 10, it looks as if there are 11 games on the week. Not all of them really matter for much. I mean, it's just about positioning now. This week, uh, this week it'll be Rombaum and Solomon Schechter doing battle twice, once on Monday night, once on Wednesday night. That'll help determine both potentially the second seed, possibly even the first seed in the East, and whether or not Solomon Schechter can sneak back into the playoffs over Hank. Hank uh, will have North Shore on Tuesday night, uh, with the possibility of closing out the the, sixth, the fifth seed, depending on whether or not Solomon Schechter takes any games from Rambam. A Hank win, and any variation of Solomon Schechter not picking up points. Uh, I mean, if Solomon Schechter loses a game, Hank just needs any points against North Shore in order to clinch a playoff berth. That's pretty much how that works out. Rombaum still can make a run at the division crown if they win both games and Hafter loses to DRS in DRS. Uh, the only other game involving an East team is going to be Thursday night when Flatbush hosts Frisch. Um, Flatbush not really in any power position to make a jump. Uh, they, if, with a win, though, if DRS loses and they win, Flatbush could actually jump into the third spot. So I take that back. Flatbush has the ability. Going through the East standings, Hafter is 10-1-0-2 oh, at 22 points. Rombaum 9-3, and 3, 18 points. DRS 8-5 and 5 at 16 points. Flatbush 7-5-0-1 oh, at 15 points. Hank at 4-8, sorry, 4-8-0-1 oh, with 9 points. Solomon Schechter 3-8-0-1, oh, 7 points. Moving out to the West, it's a little, it's very bunched up in the middle, and, uh, couple of teams could fig- will figure out their their playoffs this week again Kushner has the uh, it's the first team that that has control TABC at 12 and 0 and SAR at 10 and 3 have already clinched their positions uh, TABC will be the one SAR will be the two the three through five will come down to three teams out of the four bunch between Kushner Frisch Ramas and MTA with Kushner as I said controlling their own destiny they're at eight and four with two wins uh, this week uh, this or one win this week and one win next week a win over Ramaz this week and a win over MTA they could clinch the third seed Frisch at 7-4-0-1 Ramaz at 7-6 and and MTA at 6-5 Frisch looking to clinch a berth with a game against Westchester on Tuesday night Uh, let's say we give that to them so they'll probably take that Ramaz having only one game left that against Kushner in the most danger from MTA who has three games unfortunately for them they will run into the division champs TABC twice before they meet up with Kushner 
Quickly moving over to JV, there are five games on the week, four of them with playoff implications. Monday night, we'll see two games happening. SAR at Frisch, Meg and David and Shari Tor- again, Shari, sorry, uh, Frisch at SAR, and Shari Tora going to Meg and David. The Shari Tora Mag and David game is meaningless. Both teams are at the bottom of the Central Conference, not fighting for a playoff spot. The SAR Frisch game will help determine whether or not Frisch stays in line for an undefeated season. If they win, they get it, and the opportunity to potentially uh, take the number one seed in JV, uh, depending on what happens with DRS Hafter on Wednesday night. Uh, DRS and Hafter, uh, the Wednesday night game, uh, will be for, at least for DRS, again, that chance to take uh, take a shot at the one seed. uh, And for Hafter, it could mean the chance to host a home playoff game. Uh, if they lo- if they win, they will host JEC. Anything else, JEC will host Hafter in the first round in the 4-5 game. Uh, going to the other two games on the week, that Tuesday night, uh, sorry, this Tuesday night, Hank and North Shore will face off. For North Shore, the game is meaningless. Hank is looking just to make sure that they're, uh, that they're going to end up in the sixth seed uh, and not in a very sticky tie potentially with TABC and SAR. TABC, the last game in the group, will face off next Saturday night against MTA. Again, TABC, SAR, and Hank, the three teams uh, fighting for the 6th through 8th spot that are still sort of undetermined. The only one that really has control of their situation is Hank. Any points will give them 6, and then 7 and 8 will come down to SAR and, T- T- uh, sorry, and TABC in some in some fashion, could come down to a coin flip. Uh, for further in-depth look at the playoff scenarios uh, for all three, sorry, all four of these uh, leagues, you can go back uh, into the archives and listen to the last two weeks of shows. So, a huge week of action ahead in all leagues, all leading up to the playoffs, which we will have a nice breakdown for you next week right here on The Court Report. Speaking of next week, uh, obviously an interesting situation because... Next Sunday night, the big game. Generally, we precede the halftime spectacular, the kosher halftime spectacular, and we then, as like last year, we had a show afterwards. Don't know whether or not we're going to do that this year. Got to talk to the head honcho. I know the last couple of years, we've just managed to get a full show in just before halftime uh, by the uh, grace of, the saving grace of several extended uh, pre-halftime drives. Whether or not... Uh, it's something we're going to do this year. Do not know, but the potential lies that we may switch over to our different uh, schedule next week, where we will start having our Tuesday night shows as we go through the playoffs as a as an easier way for you to follow what's going on middle of the week in the Yeshiva League playoffs. So we will uh, uh, stay tuned to Facebook, and you'll uh, we'll get you all the latest news that we can as to what we are going to be doing next week. By next week's show, though, uh, either if it's next Sunday night, we will give you the breakdowns of the leagues that are done. There's, there will be one game remaining, obviously that Kushner-MTA game. Whether or not that game will mean anything uh, that we don't know, but if it doesn't, we will jump right into the playoffs, and especially if it's Tuesday night, we will have it all for you ready to go right here on the court report. 
If you missed any part of this or any episode, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m., live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 720 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com